Welcome back to another episode of Football at the Bar with your host, T.A. and G. Money, bringing you all the highlights, talking mess, and all the bullshit you shouldn't have missed. What's cracking, everybody? Welcome to Football at the Bar. This is our third episode, Fired Up. Glad you guys are back here with us. And we're here to talk about some football and have some fun today. And, And really, I hope you guys had a great week. You know, for me, the week was a little bit, uh... It was a grinding out, but it was a fun football weekend, so we're about to talk about it. G, oh. how was your week? Oh, man, it was great. Yeah, this is G Money, everybody. Yeah, and, you know, my week was good. I would say, you know, like everybody, you know, you got the bills came and, you know, I had to <laughs> pay. <laughs> that but, money's always coming uh, out yeah, yeah. But, you know, I mean, you know, I was able to do the transactions, so that always good. feels good, you know. Uh, like how Tupac said, you know, it always feels good when the paying rent, when the rent's due. <laughs> So, you know, I was able to get that off and, and, and survive, so to speak. So, you know, it was good. Well, definitely. And then being able to watch some football, we had an opportunity to have a great week this week. You know, last week was, you know, just a very normal, calm week. But this week had some great games, right? So, I'm, Oh, no doubt. I've been waiting for this opportunity to sit down with you, have some drinks, and talk some football. So let me mm-hmm. ask you this. You ready to? I'm ready to get it cracking. I got my, my old faithful over here. Got your old faithful. Yeah, I'm back on old faithful you know. too. Cavassier. Uh-huh. But hey, I need a bad week before I switch. But you know, <laughs> so far, so good. So with that being said, let's talk some football. So let's do it. As we get into this, you know, really the big game of this week was that San Francisco Dallas game. Oh, for sure. Without a doubt. And so, you know, I'm slowly coming along. To, to, to really believing San Francisco has the opportunity to win the Super Bowl. The team, it, it looks strong. They look very well rounded, very complete. Um, I don't really see very, um, many positions that they're lacking at. How do you feel about, you know, San Francisco? Do you really think they're the number one Super Bowl contender? Yes. I, I actually do believe that because, you know, um, they, like you said, they really don't have weaknesses. I mean, they got thug life over there in terms of their defense. You know, their whole linebacking core, the secondary, and then, you know, you got the defensive player of the year in Bosa is just obviously wrecking shop. But, you know, Fred Warner is a monster. Uh, I mean, you could go down basically everybody on their side, on the defensive side, is crushing it. And they mollywhopped the Dallas as we're going to get into. Then you could say their offensive line, their offensive line has no weaknesses. I have a lot of issues with offensive lines in the league. Um, and that's really what I've observed this week. But what you got to say about them is their offensive line is basically is impenetrable. Then they have all the skill positions. So they have everything. And Brock Purdy looks like a rock star right now. So. Yeah, it's pretty much like an all-star team. I mean, when you look at the running back, you got Christian McCaffrey, which, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I think any player that gets 25, 30 touches a game is going to have those type of stats, and they ballyhoo him as like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But I will say, you can't knock his hustle. This man is out here playing this this year and, you know, is uh, one of those sleeper uh, MVP candidates. And then when you saw finally – the uh, tight end, Kittle, finally having a breakout week. Yeah. I mean, it seems like forever since dude. he's had a huge week. He I mean, what, three dude. touchdowns? Yeah. I mean, very strong week. And then you have those wide receivers that can get it done, too, with Ayuk and, and, and Debo as well. So they are an extremely well-rounded game. But here's where the reality is. To win a Super Bowl, you have to have two things, in my opinion. 
And, and not just two things solely, but these two things have to be intact. And number one is you got to have coaching. And Shanahan, everybody acts like he's some type of God and so on and so forth from an offensive standpoint. And he's done his offense is beyond repulsion. I mean, he he does some things that are com- actually revolutionary in terms from an mm. offensive perspective. So I give him I, that. I have to agree with that. But, but, but you know, do you give it credit to his daddy? Because you know he he, he learned about his daddy. His daddy. Hey, hey, I know your daddy, and he got you got a lot of a lot of <laughs> uh, your daddy's greatness yeah, yeah, passed yeah. down to you. So but so that's in here. Yes. Right, without a doubt. So he has it. But the one thing that we haven't seen from Shanahan is that killer instinct to win it in the big games. That's He's true. yet to have won a big game. So that's where a question mark is for me. Can he really win the big game or does his booty hole get tight? <laughs> you, you know, huh? he gets shaky because when you're up 23, uh, what, 28 to 3 and you give up the booty in the Super Bowl, when you sit over here and have the Super Bowl in hand against the Chiefs and give it up there, I don't know if he really has the gumption to go for the win. It seems like he gets conservative. He gets a little bit shy when the lights are brightest and when you have to go take the win. In the Super Bowl, you got to go take the win. It's not like somebody's just going to give it to you and bow down because your daddy was a coach too. Yeah, well, okay. So I agree with that in, in principle. But what I would say is, is that the San Francisco has really been hit with a lot of bad luck. They have had key injuries at the wrong time. I mean, part of the reason why they didn't represent the NFC in the Super Bowl last year is because everybody on their quarterback staff, you know, basically QB one, two and three was like out. So that was for one game. I mean, but it was the game that they had to win. And then the minute that Purdy got hit, it was like, oh, man. Y'all just are just cursed. So in your opinion, if Purdy would have stayed in that game, you think they would have beat the Eagles? I think they would have at least had a plausible chance because not because of Purdy, but because Purdy is uh, competent and he is um, accurate. So it's really just they didn't have a competent person in the position if Purdy did get hurt. And sure enough, he did. And the Eagles being a good team, because, you know, we all know in – those key moments when the big game, the championship game, both teams are good. So it's going to come down to those small leverage moments. And you don't have a good quarterback back there. Your ass is going home. So and that's what happened. Let me ask you this. So if you own the team, you have a team, and you have the choice between Purdy or Hurts, which quarterback you taking? I mean, I'm picking Hurts. Hell, the hell with Brock Purdy. But Brock Purdy, <laughs> listen, Brock Purdy is I got to give him credit. He's Mr. Irrelevant, but he reads defenses fast. And yeah, it may be Shanahan's system. And you know, he, I would say he has a, a, a marginal arm, but he reads defenses and he's got that touch. It's just he hasn't won anything yet for me to a lot, a whole lot of praise on him, but he's not fucking up i mean he's delivering the ball when it needs to be delivered and he's reading the defense and and he's delivering it and so you get the 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 results are results i mean he's actually completing over 71 percent. i think it might be 72 percent of his passes so you know who else did that last year geno smith but i will tell you this (laughs) what i will tell you this is that purdy when you say he hasn't won anything what he has done is won every single um regular season game so again, I'm starting to come around on Purdy, but but this is what I'm hearing this week, and this is when regular media sits over here and starts getting you know uh, uh, beyond themselves. This is when they start talking crazy. This is when they get excited. Do you see Purdy 
as an MVP candidate. Mm. Reluctantly, begrudgingly, <laughs> using my big Morehouse words, I would say he is a legitimate MVP candidate, but I have a problem overall with how they're rating who is the most valuable player because he's not the best player on that team. I, I would say, you know, Christian McCaffrey or Debo probably should get that mark over him. I think Ayuk is having a better season than Ayuk is having a better season, but I just mean in terms of the tenured person who's, you know, when in the when shit hits the fan and uh oh, I gotta go to the the dog on the team mm-hmm. is gonna be one of those dudes. But I, it's it, only I only say that because Purdy has not he doesn't have enough runway of games under his belt to say, oh yeah, he's the guy. But I, I mean, he's flawless when he plays. So yeah, he does he deserve it because the numbers say he does deserve it. Um, I just would, I don't like the fact that it's turned into, and I've heard this on, you know, other sports rate, uh, channels, um, but it's turned into a quarterback, uh, it's a quarterback, it's a, right, it's a quarterback award. And I, and I kind of, I don't like that because, you know, the thing that makes quarterbacks look sexy is a lot of the skill position guys that take a 15 yard out and then turn it into a 60, Yard touchdown. You know, it's not like they over here dropping it in the bucket every single time. So if the quarterback, by definition, touches the ball like let's say ninety to ninety five percent of the every game. single play, yeah, every single offensive play, yeah, they touch the ball. So that's so all the same. There's but, a reason why they they lead in terms of who gets the award. Yeah, but it, okay, so most valuable can differ because the most valuable player on the Rams to me is um, Aaron Donald. Like. Like or Cooper Cup, it's not Stafford, but Stafford is the one who controls the offense, right? So I get it. Getting back to the original point, though, I would just simply say, yeah, he 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 should be a candidate. But that's exactly what I love what you're saying. When when they went to the Super Bowl, some people like Goofy Dan Orlovsky was sitting over here talking about um, the quarterback for the Rams. Uh, being an MVP candidate. But we all knew, the public knew, this is not an MVP player. He might be playing on one of the best teams. Yeah, he might be a Pro Bowl player, but yeah. He's not an MVP player. And so I think Purdy is the same way because you put Purdy on any other team, he doesn't have the same impact. No. You put almost any other above-average quarterback on San Francisco, and they do just as well, if not better. I think you could take Mac Jones from New England, and if you put him in the same system that that San Francisco is, that Purdy is in, he might have the same numbers, if not better, because he has a stronger arm. I don't think he has a stronger arm than Purdy. And the one thing that – You don't think so? No. But the one thing that I I do give Purdy over him that I do believe is Purdy's secret sauce is that dog. They mm-hmm. they talked about he had that dog in him. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he has a dog in him. But when I really am starting to watch him more closely, I do see he has a certain level of grit in him, a certain level of fight, a certain level of gumption of I'm going to go get this. Yeah. That that separates I agree the men that. from the kids. It separates, um, and this is tough for me to say, the good from the great. I'm not calling Brock Purdy great. 
But what I will say he is that puts him at the cusp of being great. He might lack on those physical skills, which separates him from going into that higher echelon. Um, but he has that, that, that gumption and that fight that could be the intangible ingredient that mm-hmm. that team needs to get him and his coach to a Super Bowl trophy. You know, but, but that's yet to be seen. Yes. And you know what's perfect about this storyline? It's just like Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady, the thing that he held his hat on and ultimately, you know, propelled his greatness was where he got drafted. Mm-hmm. And because he was drafted in the whatever, fourth or fifth round. And no, he, uh, no, no, no. Later than that. Later than I that. I want to say he was drafted in one of the seventh, seventh round, S- sixth seventh or seventh round. round. Okay. And, but ultimately when he got his shot mm-hmm. and he had a very similar arc that we're seeing with Purdy right now in that he had the perfect defense, the perfect mm-hmm. offensive line, mm-hmm. and he had skill position players around him. And they, they, well, he didn't have skill position play, players. He had a great defense that propelled him. Remember, but his, his offensive first, line was good. Yeah. His first Super Bowl drug him I, to the win. I would say his first three Super Bowls. Correct. Without where, a doubt. His, yes. The defense led the day. Mm-hmm. Now, but. Getting back to Purdy. He could be on the similar arc. I, I, I could see that. Now, what I would say is that's true about Purdy is, is that it, the best thing that happened to him was that he was the last pick in the draft and he was, he got labeled Mr. Irrelevant. And what you see that is, that is greatness, that potential in him is that he's used that as his fuel to show, I'm going to prove it to you, motherfuckers. You said you called me Mr. Irrelevant. I'm about to be relevant like a motherfucker. Please believe it. <laughs> well, here's what the thing And is. that's what he did. Well, here's the thing is, I don't know if it's necessarily that that fueled him. I think it was the lack of expectation. Because expectation has killed many a cats. You understand what I'm saying? We we, we see it right now uh, with the number one pick from last year's draft. Mm. Um, the expectation of being great is is weighing so heavily on his small body that he's actually not getting it done. And people that had less expectation are sitting over here rising and shining above him. I think with him, he came into this deal um, hoping to make the team. And then when he was thrust into that environment or into the starting role, he he didn't have anything to lose. But and he knew, no, he did. He had the uh, he had the ability, or what he was going to lose is the ability to play next week. So he just said, "I got one shot." But but he didn't he have one shot. He didn't just have one shot because um, uh, Trey Lance. No, both of them got hurt. Trey Lance and and Garoppolo, and Garoppolo got hurt. Okay. So so when you don't have the when you don't have the fear of losing your job, when you can just play naturally, you're always going to play better. You follow what I'm saying? So I think all of these different um, um, layers allowed him to sit over here and just go out there and play, and he did fully grasp the offense. Okay. So getting back to the same the original question. What is your opinion now that you have given me all of this back evidence? Do you believe that Purdy is the MVP candidate or what is your opinion? No. And the reason why is because you put him on a team. I don't, we don't have to go as far as say Denver, but maybe Denver. He might elevate that team a little bit, but he's not taking that team into the playoffs. Chicago, he's not taking that team into the playoffs. And so when I look at an MVP player like a Tom Brady who left the Patriots and went to Tampa Bay and took them to the Super Bowl, that's um, the quintessential MVP 
type of individual. Mahomes, you take him out of Kansas City, he can go any place else with a competent defensive or excuse me, offensive coordinator or a competent offensive minded coach like a Sean McVay and take that team to another level. If you put that type of player with any type of um, overtly competent offensive coach, that team goes to the next level. Purdy doesn't do that. So he's really a perfect fit in a, in, in a scheme that works for his limitations. And so, yeah. uh, you know, everybody's getting all excited because he hasn't lost, even though everybody else, w- w- with anybody else, cor- uh, wins aren't a quarterback stat, but they're trying to use it for Purdy. Um, Purdy looks good. He has some grit. He has some fire. He's performing exceptionally well, and he's winning most, most yeah, importantly. Yeah, and 49ers have the perfect storm. But you put that young man against Mahomes, and Mahomes is going to get in that ass every single time. But see, And that's the difference between an MVP okay. versus a non-MVP. So, you know, we have the potential that that, that could be a, a Super Bowl lineup. What I would say is is that Purdy has like how Tom Brady did in his early years. He, he can hide behind the fact that he's got gangsters at every position. You know, even Kansas City doesn't have gangsters at every position. So then it's just offensively. Yeah. So, but defensively, so man on man, well. yeah, quarterback on quarterback. Yeah. Mahomes is beating him by a country mile, but team on team. If the 49ers went up against the Kansas City Chiefs, they might get boobopped just because he has more talent. On his side. But just like when that took place in the Super Bowl, when Tom Tom Brady's Tampa Bay played uh, Mahomes' Kansas City, guess what happened? That team won, but it wasn't because of Tom Brady. It was because of that phenomenal defense. Yeah, yeah. And they shouldn't even got there because the tuck rule was some bullshit. But I digress. Let's digress. So so, so the next thing I got to ask you about, I want to stay on the quarterback theme because we've had the opportunity – to watch a probably the, the, the greatest in, in, in recent history, the greatest up and down roller coaster ride mm. for a quarterback that we've seen, you know, in Justin Fields. You know, I think in our first episode, we were over here talking about Justin Fields Man, might be a little bit talking shakeless. about this Justin Fields. Boy. You know why? Well, if you've watched his, his, his results and you've watched his play in the past two weeks, he's thrown for over three touchdowns in the past two weeks. He's thrown for over 300 yards in the past two weeks and just like last year it took him a couple of weeks to sit over here and find his stride to find that 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 that, that mix yeah, to find he, that, that he that basically role. he was already losing so he said fuck it i'm about to do what i do and and and, and, that, and, that's and g and shit that, to me yeah when you can well, sit over and say fuck it that's g shit because yeah, you know i think as, as former athletes you know uh I, even though I'm in the fraternity of high school. <laughs> but, you know, athlete mentality is athlete mentality. And the truth of the matter is, is that if you're thinking about the game, you're losing the game. Without you need to just be free and you mm-hmm. need to react. And then I, I, what I've seen is that he decided that he was just going to play free. And that's what you've seen the results in these last two weeks. I feel you. But he said that after week three. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm just going to play. And they came out and laid an egg. I, I think what happens is, is that it just takes time when you have a weak offensive coordinator. Remember, his offensive coordinator is somebody we've never heard of. His name is Gats. He's never oh, heard. yeah, yeah. He, 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 he was about to get uh, fired. Uh, correct. So, I mean, this isn't an individual that, that, that is known. 
to sit over here and, and lead quarterbacks to the promised land. But I do think that when you have a great quarterback mm. that is open and receptive to learning and getting better each and every single day, even though that was used against him when he was in the draft by Dan Olofsky, um, what I do know is when you have that type of quarterback that's, that's mentally strong, that has that fire and desire to become great and to be great, that he will work on what yeah. his coach is it, giving it'll him. It'll translate. It will translate. It I will sit you. over here and come to fruition. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. we saw that last year. He had a very slow start. Everybody was like, oh, my God, you know, they're going to be horrible. And they were horrible. But his they were horrible because of his play by the end of no, the season. No, they were horrible because he didn't have nobody to throw he to. He didn't have anybody. And Mooney was a mystery. He uh, wasn't a mystery. Uh, Mooney is average at best. Okay. So he's not a number one. He didn't he didn't have a number one. So and, now, and, and now, now he, he has a number one, but still that that team as a whole is not enough to carry them to ten wins. No. But what we will get is phenomenally statistical games out of him, probably moving forward. Okay. Your assessment of of him in fields and what is your future projection for him going forward? Like based upon everything you've seen through the last two weeks and yeah, he's put up numbers. Like what do you foresee is going to be the results from fields? Well, well, here's, here's where the deal is. I believe we have an opportunity to continue to see for the, for the next what, uh, 12 games or next, uh, 11 games mm. of, um, Fun, entertaining football. I, I, he's going to have some very high peaks and he might have some very, uh, shallow valleys as he's, um, really wrapping his arms around this offense and really getting, um, aligned with his number one receiver mm. as we saw this past week. But I don't believe that's enough to lift this team out of the, the doldrums of losing. where they are. Correct. They're still going to lose. Be- yeah. But, but I don't think that has anything to do with him as a player. So the reason why I ask that question to you is because now all the hoopla is uh, they're 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 looking at the number one and the number two pick in the draft, mm-hmm. and if they have the number one and number two pick in the draft, they have the opportunity to sit over here and draft Caleb Williams, yeah, and they have an opportunity to draft um, uh, uh, Harrison the second okay. out of Ohio State, and then you have or you got then, the kid out of uh, I think it was like either Penn State or Washington was it Panix. Uh, what the quarterback? Uh, yeah. Well, he's he's a third rated quarterback. They have another quarterback out of uh, North uh, Carolina, out of North Carolina that everybody's saying is good, but I haven't seen shit with him. I don't believe. But, it. but okay. my but point okay. is, is that saying that I believe if you have those two great picks, when you have a great quarterback like Fields, you could actually surround him with a real good left tackle and a real good uh, wide receiver by. Uh, moving back in the draft, picking up draft choices, and which will also help you uh, uh, assist that defense. You know, Chicago has a decision to make because, you know, mm-hmm. this is going to come down to the GM, right? Because I do agree. I think he's going to produce. Their their defense is essentially um, Bush League. Mm-hmm. Um, their coach is, if he didn't have these two good offensive outputs, would probably be fired right already. before the end of the season or by so, now. Yes. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- there's a lot of um, uncertainty there mm-hmm. and he will ball out. And I would even suspect that if they do get the number one or two draft pick because of what the, the price point is for quarterbacks, that they may cut bait on him and try and trade him. So it'll be very interesting to see 
what Chicago actually does, even though... And I don't think that's a bad move for him as the player. If the right team, the right offensive coordinator, the right offensive head coach, like, for example, the Rams... Or the Commanders. Or the Commanders could get... But the commanders are committed to how for whatever reason. Um, but the Rams are their, 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 um, quarterback is at the end of their quarter, uh, contract or he can be moved out of, out of his contract. I, if we can just put Justin Fields with the right offensive mind, mm. I do believe that he could be somebody special because he's shown glimpses. When you show glimpses, you know, more than once. If you show a glimpse once, it's like, eh. If you show glimpses six, seven, eight times, we forget. Last year, he was talking about him being MVP mm. on a team that had the number one pick. Uh, understand that dichotomy. He had the worst team in the league, mm. and they were talking about him being the number one uh, or a the number three candidate for MVP behind Mahomes and behind um I can't remember who was the number two, but he was the third choice for MVP. So that shows that there's something there. You got to say this, man. I'm done. I don't live in Chicago and damn the Bears. I don't even (laughs) care this much about the goddamn Bears. However, uh, your points are valid, but I got to get off the Bears. You care about who you care about, and we're not going to sit over here and rush to the Raiders. We're just not going to do it. No, we're not going to rush to the Raiders. (laughs) We're not going to do it. We're going to but listen, America, the Raiders did play in Los Angeles, and there was a guy named Marcus Allen and Lyle Alzado and 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 Howie Long, and we won Super Bowls in L.A. So America, I got a little bit of claim. That's fine. America, let me Don't give hate. you some context to his Raider love. When we were young. Bo Jackson, Tim. When we were young, yes, he got a chance to see Bo Jackson. He was a Raider security guard at the Coliseum when we were, were you high school? Yeah, high school. Yeah, we were in yeah, high school. His later high school years, he was a security guard. I got to see Bo Jackson play live. And all I'm saying is the only reason why you love the Raiders because you, you're impressionable from your young age. Don't tell me how the Raiders. only reason why and I love Bo Jackson. Outside of that, because you saw Bo Jackson live in person. Other than that, all right, I digress. You need to get a new team. No, no, yes. no. You didn't know what... You gonna put some respect on them on my name because we won on Monday too, there, sir. Hey, we're about to talk about that in a second. All right, so let me ask well, you a question yes. about. Let me ask you Please. a question. Yeah. So, okay, we talking about uh, even last week we talked about leadership. We talked about coaches. We talked about uh, the devoid of leadership in in coaching and all of. We talked about offensive line play and the hooker uh, mentality that we saw in a lot of players. All mm-hmm. right, so we, we saw last week. You know, Bill Belichick's team got annihilated, and he he got really exposed. What is your right. opinion about rest Bill in, Belichick? Rest and, in rest in peace. Hey, what is I, your opinion about Belichick right now? I, I'm just gonna give you a little bit of background. Like, so when I was young, the very first Super Bowl that I can remember that I was like old enough to understand it was a Super Bowl, and it was the shit was the Giants Super mm. Bowl. Where he was a defensive coordinator with, with Lawrence, Lawrence Taylor, with Lawrence and all Taylor, that. right? And so, um, like, I kind of always had an affinity for Belichick because that was my first Super Bowl. I remember seeing his name on the screen, and da 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 da. da. And so, I followed him throughout his career. And even though I, I've, I've, um, the majority of my life not been a great fan of Tom Brady, um, I always had respect for Belichick. Always, um, 
you marvel at him his, his at his at his acumen. mind. And you know, as you know, I'm cerebral. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mental uh, giant, and so <laughs> a giant. <laughs> so so my my, my 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 icon on on you know my DFS. We're going to talk about DFS of fantasy later. Is Bill Belichick with the Cam Newton dreads mm. because obviously I'm a brother, but I have that mind, that football mind like Belichick. So I, I hold great respect for Belichick, but in everything in life, the game passes you by. Mm. The game evolves. So game why changes. do you think, why do you think that the game has passed him by? Well, when you think the tactics that worked at a time when the game was different, when the game was slower, when the game was not as offensive orientated, where you could sit over here and live behind your defense Mm -hmm. and you're a defensive minded coach, not an offensive minded coach. What happens is, is the game has passed him by. He's brought in players like a Juju Smith when he could have spent a little bit more and brought in a Hopkins. Mm. When you do these little things, you have a team because he's not only the coach, he's also the GM. You, you, you create a team that can no longer, um, uh, play at the level of that everybody else that's evolved. When you think, when you believe your own laurels and you believe what you know is best and that you're not evolving and you're not sitting over here constantly looking to what's the cutting edge of the deal. Uh-huh. You're sitting over and saying, my way is the best way. What happens is, is that way becomes antiquated. And his thought process, his his philosophies have become antiquated. And so when you try to apply today in 2000, what are we in? 2023, uh-huh. and you're still trying to do the things from 2013, bud, you're going to get your ass whooped. You can't compete in this game anymore. And he can't even get up into the front office in this game anymore because the game has passed him by. What he needs to do is he needs to go to a team like the Chargers, get rid of Staley. You bring him in there. You already have the offensive coordinator that you keep. And then you apply your defensive prowess to a team that already has a strong offense and go get that award. Okay. If he doesn't do that, he's done. All right, all right. Slap him on all the right. booty and get him on okay. up out of here. Well, look, I'm, I'm going to interject this one thing because I don't think that this is about coaching. I actually do think that he can still coach in this league. But, yes, Bill Belichick is a dinosaur. From a tactical, tactician standpoint and from a execution on dissecting a team and putting up the best scheme to put your team in a position of victory. You know what? Bill Belichick has that in spades, and he probably has that over the majority of coaches. But what he's losing is is that he's losing the connectivity to either be relate to his, A, his primary quarterback, and having that quarterback be great like how Tom Brady was, and or his ability to ingratiate himself effectively and his message effectively to his team. And I, but the reason why I still say that he's coaches, he's a great coach is because we know even with all of the dinosaurness that Bill Belichick has, if you take the idiot that is the, the Chargers coach and you replace him with Bill Belichick, they're a Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. You take the idiot that is existing with the, the, the Raiders right now and you enter Bill Belichick, they are a Super Bowl contender. So it's just about he is devoid of talent. And where, but, but but when you're the general manager, that is on you. Therein lies the rub. So because he is the general manager and he has gotten away with it for eons to just basically say, 
oh, I'm going to pick these guys on the fringes. The reason why he could do that is because he had Tom motherfucking Patrick Brady. So he could take and turn water into wine and he can make the offense roll and be more effective. And so that allowed everybody to buy in because the thing with all players, regardless of generations, is winning. If we win, I'm believing it. If we not winning, you talking some bullshit. Here's where the deal, here's where, it is where I disagree with that is because Tom Brady couldn't do that when his team suffered. When the, the the quality, the talent on the team suffered. Well, but and, where where uh, was that? What do you mean? Where was that? Where the did year you see before that? the year before that he left? The year before he left is when we saw that. Well, that just means that Bill Belichick, he he basically he didn't he, Tom Brady always had at least one or two guys where it was Gronk or he always had at least one or two guys that were go to not in his but, last yeah, year. Yeah, but the, the last one that was like Hey, Bill just said, I'm going to give you a bunch of hookers out here, and you just try to make it happen. And, and Tom was like, this is but a bridge Tom, too But far. he did that when Tom was That's in his it. 20s, and Tom was able to overcome. Here's what the thing is. We ain't going to sit over and have another Tom Brady walk through the door. And he isn't having wherewithal. He doesn't account. have the wherewithal to sit over here and go get an athletic, aka black quarterback that can sit over here and bring some other adjustments for his offense to overcompensate for that lack of talent. All right. So if you're not going to sit over here and bring in an athletic quarterback that can sit over here and move, that can run, you still want that statuesque quarterback that you want to deem as the intelligent quarterback, like he did with Mac Jones. What happens is, is that doesn't fly in this. NFL. So okay. Mac Jones okay. I don't is disagree. good. I don't think, I don't know what he is. I would say is that, you know, all the things that have been dribbled about for or for the past two seasons now is that Bill Belichick did him a disservice by giving him a defensive coordinator as an offensive coordinator. That was and, a disservice. And that was a disservice and that's why he looks bad now. But I don't even know if Mac Jones is good. I just well, I can honestly say that Mac Jones is not bad. Correct. Yeah, that, that's a better yeah. Mac Jones yes. has yet to prove what what he will be because of the fact that he has been given a raw deal. And he had uh his offensive coordinator was now my head coach in uh Josh McDaniels. And you know what Josh McDaniels is? Josh McDaniels is a really good offensive coordinator. But he is a hook slash cowardly lion of a head coach. Before you go there, before you go there, because you have some great points Ooh. about that. I definitely know. Look at Be you over here pedaling. To me, it is simple. Football is a simple game. He didn't have and does not have talent around him. So Mac Jones, he at least, you know, he had, uh, you know, like one good receiver and he had a great offensive coordinator and he had a marginal offensive line and a relatively good defense his first year. And he produced. And but if you really look at it, the the manifestation of the shittiness that has happened to Mac Jones is really because. The Patriots don't have nobody. They don't have any talent. And it's just reared its ugly oh, head. It stinks. And that, all of that is on Bill Belichick. That's now, it. Now, I'm going to lead you down the pathway that I know you've been itching to get down to. Come on and, now. And, and and then here's a question. You mentioned. Fix uh, it, Jesus. Come on now. <laughs> you mentioned Josh McDaniels as being a phenomenal offensive coordinator, a great offensive coordinator who's he... done great things over the time with Belichick, right? So my question for you is. Is how was he as a head coach? It can, can, is, is McDaniel's 
just not a quality Tell head coach? Tell me when you want me to go. Well, the question is, <laughs> is that if you, how do you say in one hand he's a great offensive coordinator, but on the other hand, he's a horrible coach? Very simply, to be a good head coach, you have to be an effective delegator and you have to be an effective person who chooses the right um, uh, sub, essentially, uh, staff. I think that he has been effective at choosing a fairly decent staff. But the number one thing that a head coach, the great head coaches have to do, whether or not you're a tactician or you're an emotional motivator or any variation, but the great coaches understand the cadence of the game and they know when it's time to, let's say, execute a win. And the thing about Josh McDaniels is he has proven, he proved it in Denver and he's proving it last, and he proved it last year and he's proving it now. He is a cowardly lion. That motherfucker is scared of his own shadow. So you're saying you know, coaches have to have balls too. Oh, absolutely. You can't be fourth in one and your offense has been averaging north of three yards and the game is at hand and it is 17 to 13, which ended up being the final hold on, score. Hold on. Not just fourth and one. He was fourth and one with last year's rushing champion. Correct. Mm-hmm. And I said, correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he had the last year's rushing champion. He has Devante. He's got other skill position players. He could spread them out. He could grind it wide. He could do quarterback sneak, which he has effectively did two other cadences and two other runs. And you know what he decided to do was he decided to, I'm going to play it safe and try and get points on a 52-yard field goal on fourth and one. And miss it. And and, and he missed it. But Cost why, me money. Why, put it, why give it to the kicker when it's fourth and one? Because you ended up putting yourself in the same position. The kicker missed. And the, how much do kickers make? The, how much do kickers make? But you know what? Fuck the kickers right now. No, but how much no, do no, kickers no. make? I don't know. Well, no, 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 no. The question is, if a kicker makes $2 million a year and you're playing uh, uh, the running back $10 million a well, year, guess what? what? You want to put the ball in the hand up. That's the thought Give process. The or the quarterback or, or, or Jimmy G. Well, I, don't know, no, 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 I don't know about Jimmy okay. G. So all I'm simply saying is, is that Josh McDaniels does not have a good understanding of how to call a game and he's got no cojones. Testicular fortitude. Oh my God. They're like, um, they're like mice nuts or it's like, I, I mean, you know, I, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is every person watching that game said, wait, you're kicking the field goal. And he just did the same hook stuff. Does it again. And last week it cost him the game. Is that indicative of what he learned from Belichick? Or, 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 or is that indicative of who he is as a man? I think that it's indicative of who he is as a man because you know what? The, the, the great ones like, uh, like we could talk about Tomlin, the, the great coaches, they realize that they have to play to win the game and they have, cause every week that you're putting up inherent risk, but in close games, it, it really is about, your belief in your team and your ability to know that I can make the right call and execute. So what he showed at that moment is I don't have faith in my offense. One, two, I can try and twist this and say, I have faith in my defense, but 
the, the, the game called for on fourth and one in that scenario with the way that the game was going, you needed to get north of 17 points. The team hasn't scored more than 17 points the entire season. You needed to prove to yourself, the team in America, that you can actually hit 20. But here's what And you is. couldn't even do that. And it, but he tried to do it in a conservative manner. So to me, it was just like you are setting yourself up to try and preserve a win as opposed to having a mentality that I'm going to take it. But here's where twist is. Take the motherfucker. Here's what twist is. I don't believe. Believe it. I don't believe that Belichick wouldn't have done the same thing. I also don't believe any of his other disciples would have done anything different. And so I believe this is rooted in, again, that old school mentality. Okay, there's a, there's a lot of wisdom in the old school mentality, and there is a lot of wisdom in the analytics. And, you know, the, the coaches that are thriving right now have a perfect balance of both. And, I would agree with that. But yes. the, the, the true great uh, coaches – and the teams that are winning that we're seeing, they have the ability to say, you know what? I'm going to put my balls on the line because I believe in you. I believe in my, our execution. And in scenarios like that, I'm going to execute. I'm not going to do the let's play it cautious, let's play it safe thing. It just so happens that on the other end is that the defense of the Raiders that is slowly maturing into, let's say, not a not a, a not a juggernaut, but they're kind yeah. of coming into their own. Their own, mm-hmm. as they just said, I'm not about to get embarrassed at home twice, and they deliver. And, and I don't even know if it's the That's whole it. entire defense. What I do believe is, and I got to give it. credit where credits due. The Matt brother Cosby, the brother as a defensive coordinator, has finally got some talent, and he comes from that tree as well. He comes from uh, New England. What I do appreciate about or actually, I wouldn't say I appreciate about Josh McDaniels. What I understand about Josh McDaniels is, and I definitely don't appreciate this, is it's, this is all about character. When you're a coach, the great coaches, the Tomlins, there are coaches out here, right, uh-huh. that sit over here and they have a certain gumption about them. They're not whiz kids like um, the, the 49ers coach or the Rams coach. These are just hard-nosed you know, um, hardworking coaches, they're different from these Belichick folks. These Belichick folks are are rooted in a old school thought process and the game has passed all of them by. Yeah. So look, the, the, the backdrop on Belichick to get to like, let's say what I called him the dinosaur is Belichick's uh, shtick is mm-hmm. I don't, uh, need to involve you guys and I don't need to have no personality and I don't entertain the media, but I know that I have to check this box. Belichick does have the ability to scheme and he has the credibility behind him to where you should believe in him. What I think he is lost and the reason why he's a dinosaur is because a he, two things I should say. One, he doesn't have the talent and he doesn't, he doesn't pick the groceries right. He doesn't pick the right talent. And then B, you know, he's, his message has been so popularized that it's stale. So I don't want to hear the 
just do your job thing. You know what? That's the shit you said to Lawrence Taylor back in the day. <laughs> and, okay, and that worked then. And, and uh, but you know what? I'm this is 2023 right now. I'm I, I, I'm not for the do your job thing because we're not winning. So okay, we've beat this horse to the to the ground. Belichick is probably done unless he gets with the right team. And we've kind of talked about what those teams could be. He's probably done. But here's where the deal is. This is where let's get into the real football because everybody wants to hear about fucking, you know, MVPs and the coaches and all that bullshit. Let's get into the real football. The real football is fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that where it is? So, so let me okay. ask you this. Uh, how'd you do a fantasy this year? Ah, oh, this week, excuse me. This week. Okay. So. What your know, teams do? What is your, your season long? I, I, I mean, you know what? I lost like how many of you? Oh, had. you lost? Oh, I, your I, season long? Uh, no, 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 no. So Where's just, your season I'm going to, I'm going to start with, oh, you want to start with the season yeah, long? Let's start with the season. Season long, I whooped everybody. So I'm, I'm feeling, I'm sitting. You uh, trying to be one. like me so much, brother. What you be trying to be like you? You trying to be like hey, me? I, I'm four and one, both mine. What? I'm Cook? four and one. No. What are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Are I you mean, four and one? Yeah. On all your teams? Yeah. So, I, you know, because I was telling you even the previous week, right? I got, I got a couple of double ups, right? So yeah. I am technically. Oh, yeah. More uh, than four than one. Yeah. Right. I'm like, I think I'm like uh, seven in one because I've had uh, two double two weeks. Two double ups. Wow. Okay. And I, but I whooped everybody's ass. Right. So. Uh, oh, so you're, you're. What are you? I got one seven, or second I, in the league. I, I, I'm number one, and there's only I would say. Actually, you're playing I, in two leagues. I'm playing in two leagues. You're number one in one league. league. I'm one number one in another in the other league uh, with my friends. I'm the in sixth place, but hmm. you know we're separated by a game. So it's and, you, all, and, and still only one loss. Uh, in that league, I have uh, two losses. Really, in so six? In, God damn, that's aggressive. Well, but but you know, it's high scoring. You know, fantasy is yeah. high scoring. So you know, it's always based upon points. I mean, everybody who does fantasy knows this. You know, it's, yeah. it's all about the points. Yeah. But you know, I've had every time Dick and Harry want to put pick pick a Nakua Puka Nakua off of me, and I'm like, no, no, no. Hey, I, I, I would actually sell rolling. right now, to be perfectly honest with you. I would sell high. I'm not because rolling. what we saw in this first week that Puka got his run. But the reality is, is that this is Cup's first week back. And that's Cup's team. Puka's is going to be Puka's team next year. It's not Puka's team this year. So with Cup on his first week back, so they're going to hold him back on that first week. And he still had 15 targets in his first week. My suggestion would be is to sit over here and sell Puka high, get, you know, two pieces for him. And then really strengthen up your team for the back half of the season. But but you know you're assuming that my team is weak. It is. I, no no. I'm not okay. assuming that the team is weak. Oh, what I'm I was assuming that you can be great. <laughs> but what I would say is, except is that for the time I lo- that I played with you. Uh, well, but you didn't win it either. I did. <laughs> I came in second. The the, the the point that I'm really trying to make though is with it as it pertains to Puka is you know what I think he is solid number two. Now if I had two two Atwell, I'd be worried. If I had, but two two's a three. But two two was a number two up until the moment that Cooper Cup mm-hmm, came back. True. So now what you're really saying is, is that most of the targets are going to go to Cooper, and he will improve. Who's your other wide? I have Devontae. on the on the team that we're talking about. I have Cooper Cup, Devonte, and I have Puka Nakuda, and I have Kelsey. And I know that people are probably wondering how the hell are you able to? Well, you know what? I draft well. 
Well, okay, well, ladies. Well, I will tell you, Kelsey is thirty-four and not looking like the old Kelsey. He is definitely That's on his okay. way down. He's still going to be hey, arguing. Hey, makes for a soft behind. It's all right. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Now, me personally, I'm four and one, and I've sat over here and dealt with um, quite a bit of adversity, and still have weathered the storm. And, and mm. at four and one, so DFS wise. Okay. Well, well, from well, the- on. before we leave for fantasy, we got to give the people on what they should be expecting. And, and the reason why it's so important, the reason why I'm bringing you back to the fantasy and I really want to take care of the people is because from a fantasy, fantasy perspective, there's been a lot of injuries this week. Yeah. I mean, we have Justin Jefferson that's hurt. I mean, well, that ties into the DFS. That's all. I'm no, saying. well, it does but tie into the DFS, but we want to give these people these waiver wires. We don't give them much for, for, for season long fantasy. The waiver wires. There's a lot of talent, or there are a lot of people on your bench that you haven't been playing that you need to play. Mm. So my point is, is that look at the people, look at the injury reports, and sit over and figure out who you can take off your bench and move in that are going to have an elevated role on their teams, and you can find some league winners. This is the week to find some league winners for your for your teams. That's what my uh, fantasy uh uh, golden so who, who, okay. So what are, what are your picks in your opinion? Well, who, who, who I, I believe Addison, I believe Addison who hasn't been playing well or hasn't been getting the stats that we like. He's but been we doing know he's all right. Targets now. He's going to get targets now. Cause Jefferson got hurt. Ladies Jefferson and Jefferson now, if, if we see, um, the, the, the backup for Denver Broncos, um, McCullen, I actually picked him mm. up. He's on my bench. He put 17 on my bench. I'm going to be able to elevate him uh, because he's just playing lights out. A-Chan got hurt, so we know Mostert's going to sit over here and play well. We also know his backup. Who's who's his backup? That's the, no, that's his the backup is the is the cat that came from San Francisco. I can't think of his name. I actually just picked him up. Is on it the Wilson, Wilson Jr.? Yeah, Wilson, Wilson Jr. Jr. Yeah, yeah. is coming on. Wilson so, Jr. is a good pickup. So, so there's quite a bit of players out there for you guys to pick up on your on your waiver wires um just just be aggressive just sit over here and keep your ear to the grindstone yes um because there's about five or six individuals that some of you um that are in a position to make the playoffs uh that your your other league mates are sleeping on that you can sit over here and pick up and really make a difference and, and put yourself in a position. What What are the nuggets? See, so you, you, once you share with the public, okay, who are your nuggets? Who would you tell them to pick up? I just told them. Okay, you just said who. It's you not, it's not about necessarily picking. Wilson Jr. is one that you can pick up, but it's not about who you can pick up. It's about who you can elevate from your bench. That's what I give you as that golden nugget for this week. Okay, so here's the nugget that I want to provide. So just like how last week I said for the Thursday night game, I gave you guys Samuels and you're welcome. He did. He did. I got to give him that. You know I was right. And I said how and how actually performed well. I think a lot of you who put them in, whether it was DVFS or your long term, you know, how gave you anywhere between 27 to 30 points, right? So I hit for 27. I listened to him. For this week, I would actually say, uh, uh, Palmer, Monday night, Palmer, I think they're playing the Dallas Cowboys are playing, um, uh, the Chargers. Palmer is a great pickup if he's still available for you. You need to really pick him because everybody's going to go after Keenan Allen, of course. And, you know, and I think, uh, if I'm really 
thinking in the in the depths of my mind, I said what I said about Wilson Jr. I think Wilson Jr. is a good person to Mostert's pick up. Mostert's going to get hurt, or Mostert's going to continue to fumble. traditionally got So hurt. Wilson is going to be a great pickup. I've already tried to get him on my on my waiver yes. wire. We'll see tomorrow. Also, I would say for the Thursday night game, because I think it's uh, the Chiefs and uh, Denver. Denver. So, you With know, McCullough, what's they're the, gonna, the, the Chiefs are going to boobop them, as we know. Yeah. And Pacheco is the Jerk McKinnon and I would say Rice are two Rice good, is a good pickup. solid pickups that have a chance to like post yes. some touchdowns for you. Yes. So you may want to really take a serious look at that if you just playing the Thursday night game. Great stuff. Like for real. Great like stuff. you need to think about that. Great stuff. Well, let's, let's go to DFS and DFS. I got my ass kicked. That's why I'm not trying to talk about DFS. <laughs> look, I'm over I, here I giving ass you. kicking. This week on DFS. But my why? team actually looked good. Well, the reason why is I gave y'all um, uh, Robinson from the Giants. And statistically, it wouldn't make sense that he would have had a good game. Unfortunately, he didn't. He only scored six points. And got mm. my ass. I had Laporta. I Laporta had, killed for me, too. You I told me Chase. to get him. Yeah, you told me to get him. Man. I had yeah, Chase. I had Hill. But Bijan, watch out for Bijan in DFS because that coach, Arthur Smith, who was the son of the motherfucker that started uh, FedEx, that motherfucker's not that smart. He don't know how to use great talent. When Algier has more rushing touches than Bijan, this motherfucker's not that smart. And so, hey. He fucked me over. Bijan, be careful of anybody from the Atlanta Falcons in DFS because you don't ever know what Arthur Smith is going to do. But I will tell you this. The Vikings are playing the Bears. That's going to be DFS fantasy goodness there. And you know what? And with all the things that we said about Fields, and you know that I don't want to talk about the Bears, but that's a great game for for, for Fields. To ball out, that's a great game for him to do that. Okay. So when you have these teams that have suspect defenses, target them, target them, target them. Don't, don't be like, oh, I don't got to do this again. Everybody's going to be on it. Target them. The Bears, Denver, Washington, uh, 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 Cardinals. Target these teams that are challenged defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Carolina Panthers, what Montgomery did last week, what Laporta did last week, target these teams that are challenged defensively and they're going to sit over here and yield you points week over week over week. So I'm not going to play with it. Fuck a Bijan. Fuck these high cost players. There's so much goodness in the mid range, in the, Four to six thousand dollar range that you guys can sit over hit with, and I guarantee you, next week you're going to be hearing me talking real big. I'm going to have me no Cavassier next week. I'm going to have me Remy, and I'm going to crack them hard. <laughs> you know you what? Right now, take a picture. Allow me to interject this one thought because it just came to me. You know, the interesting thing is, if there's ever a time to play Dak Prescott, it would be this week. Who are they playing? They're playing Monday night. So for those of you who play those either Sunday to Monday or, or Thursday to Monday. The one, or the one games, the single or game. Thursday to, or Monday to Thursday, the DFSs. If there's ever a week 
to pick Dak Prescott, it would be this one. He has embarrassed himself. He is in ultimate shame right now. And he's playing a defense that Who they gives up points. They're playing the Chargers. And so, and it's in LA, and there, there's a large cowboy fan base that does come to Los Angeles. So if he was ever going to try and redeem himself, it would be this week. This is a great point that G makes. Any team or player that had a absolutely underperforming uh, from expectation, underperforming performance, you need to target them the next week. Because if they were expected to do well, that means the media, that means the, the, the DFS uh, ecosystem is shitting on them. And it gives them greater resonance and be lower to sit over here and crush it. Lower, lower and they're gonna, they're, it's gonna be a lower cost and they're gonna sit over here and sit over here and try to make up for that bad game. Baltimore is gonna sit over here and have an absolutely ridiculous game. Yes. Because they sat over here and dropped seven passes last week against the Steelers. This is a little food for thought. Anybody who had a shitty game last week is going to have a much better game, if not a great game, this week. All right. And that's just a little bit of game. And for the nation, and we all know who the real nation is, that Raider Nation, okay, we are going to whoop New England's ass. You heard us go dribble about uh, Bill Belichick. We better, but we're going to. We're going to. So pick everybody on our team. Please believe it. Market game of the week. Hey. Game of the week. Write it down. Belichick is not going to lose to McDaniels. Bet. You know what? Bet. You're dead to me. Bet. <laughs> yes, we. Yes, I bet you. Bet How dare you? Twenty. I, I damn near put a thousand on it. We, stop, we stop, are going to stop. Uh, gonna uh, I know. I but look, twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. Okay. Hey. And have my money in pennies. Make sure this nigga roll got my money. I'm going to make sure this nigga got my money. I want to see stacks of pennies rolled up here. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Damn it. It's going to be paid in pennies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I appreciate y'all this week. It's been a lot of fun. Hey, man, this Come back cool, and have man. some fun Come with back. us next week. Enjoy your NFL week because we got games coming up on Thursday. We got a whole 11 games coming up on, uh, or 12 games coming up on Sunday. And then we got Monday Night Football. We'll see you next week. Absolutely. That being said, T.A., this is G Money, and we should, we sign out. Hey, and please check us out on every outlet. We feel the love. Subscribe, follow, like, and let's get to it. Look, and as it's you like to say, look, church on the move. Church on the move. Uh, I appreciate boom. you, brother. Uh,